Welcome to Rockstock Channel and Lithium Ion Rocks. Actually, this is our uh, podcast, but it's our first video version of our podcast. And we have uh, one of our most popular and, and repeat guests, Garrett Fueling, here. Uh, Garrett will speak about his background at URX Rockwood, which is now Albemarle, and we're responsible for some $200 million of sales in Asia, if I recall. But uh, there's a number of lithium experts commentators kind of out there in the market, um, you know, who have come from, you know, FMC, Livent, you know, SQM and the like, but, uh, you know, th th those are brine focused companies. You, you had the benefit at Rockwood of, of you know, both the, the world-class uh, Greenbush's asset, Talazin, as well as, uh, you know, the Atacama. So you, you could talk a bit from that perspective. So why don't you introduce yourself a little bit you know, briefly, and then uh, the focus of this uh, conversation will be, you know, <laughs> cover multiple topics, but uh, Albemarle put, had a, had a teach-in at Jeffrey's last week where they kind of talked about spodumene brine and clay deposits. And I want to talk a little bit through, you know, some of that as well as uh, I believe we're in what I'm calling lithium 3.0. You know, the, the bull market, you know, has returned uh, to some extent, you know, post battery day uh, with Tesla and uh, Tesla obviously signed an agreement with Piedmont, but very significantly, you know, agreed or, or is getting into the lithium business directly with a hydroxide plant, um, you know, in, in America. So a lot's happening. And I think it's very timely to to be speaking with you and getting your perspective. So please just introduce yourself a little bit in your background and um, and then we'll take it from there. Thank you, Howard. I started or worked 28 years with what is now Albemarle. Uh, it used to be Chemital and then Rockwood Lithium. So it became Rockwood, uh, Chemital became a subsidiary of Rockwood in uh, 2004. And uh, I've been st started in my career basically setting up the Asian operations of Chemital not only for the lithium space, in the lithium space, but also for, for other divisions we had at that time. So that's uh, season chemicals, metal products, uh, and uh, uh, a number of uh, polymer activities. So Albemarle produces 85,000 tons a year uh, in a 300,000 ton a year market. Um, I guess it's a split between hydroxide and carbonate and as well as some specialties, but we're not going to focus so much on those specialties for the moment. Albemarle, 60% of their lithium is going into energy storage applications. That is going to grow very significantly because that's the key driver um, you know, of the lithium business. But they have, uh, like we said earlier, uh, the Talazin asset Greenbushes, um, you know, they own 49% of that hard rock deposit and then they have conversion facilities in China for those assets. And then in Chile, they have the Solar de Atacama, which is a, a very large and very low cost, uh, a high grade resource that largely produces carbonate, although they convert some of that carbonate in their North Carolina um, uh, processing facility. That North Carolina processing facility also processes, you know, a small mine that, that Albemarle has at Silver Peak in Nevada. Albemarle also uh, made an acquisition, a big acquisition last year of Wajina from Mineral Resources, uh, acquired control, 60% of that 
That's a hard rock spodumene deposit. Um, and they have a brownfield uh, past producing mine, Kings Mountain, in North Carolina, which they spoke about, you know, at a recent teach-in, uh, among other topics, uh, you know, at the, this Jeffries Investment Bank uh, webinar um, last week. I want to talk a lot about that uh, presentation and the overall Albemarle strategy, which has largely been focused on high nickel cathode chemistries, you know, lithium hydroxide focus, and they have determined that kind of hard rock spodumene uh, assets are the way to go. So they're expanding at Greenbushes. They are they bought Wajna and they're building downstream hydroxide plant in Kemerton, Western Australia. They've also talked about possibly buying additional conversion capacity, you know, in China. At the same time, they are ex expanding in the Atacama, you know, the La Negra three and four, um, which has taken, you know, a very long time, but, but they, they are expanding there. But there's been a lot of, you know, post-battery day, uh, there was a lot of talk about clay, um, a little bit of talk about Tesla's, you know, downstream, you know, integration, but this presentation, and I want to talk to some of these slides, I'm going to show some of these slides in this video uh, from that, from that uh, Jeffries event. Uh, the, the slide six shows kind of mineral resource, mineral resources vary in quality, grade, and chemical profile, and they show basically clay and hard rock deposits and, and show that green bushes is, you know, high on the grade side and, you know, very large on the resource estimate side. And then very much beneath that, they have a number of clay assets, which are very large, um, you know, but low grade as they call it. And then to the left, they have, you know, higher grade deposits, but smaller. The next slide they ha they show is their brine resources, where they show, you know, Salar to Atacama all the way to the right in terms of size, in terms of grade, and then bunched together all the way to the left and lower are a lot of Argentine brine deposits, one Chilean deposit, you know, that's small-ish, but, um, you know, very high grade. And uh, and then they show their Silver Peak mine, which is both small and low grade and, and not super high priority. And then on slide nine, they talk about the key chemical routes to processing lithium hydroxide and how they rank all of these different assets relative to the ones that they own with spodumene mining, you know, being the top with all pluses on, on a yield conversion, on a cost, you know, variable, on a capital conversion as well as on sustainability metrics in terms of energy intensity and fresh water use. And as you go further down into brines, into clay, they, um, you know, talked about, you know, the, the, the challenges um, in particular of, of, of variations of, um, you know, various clay processing, you know, et cetera. So I, that was, that's a long lead in, but as a former Albemarle person, um, listening to what Albemarle is saying today, um, some of it, I think, is pushback against, you know, the clay narrative that um, Elon Musk was putting forth during Battery Day. But others are, you know, on the basis of, you know, the, the existing assets that they have. So they've prioritized Hard Rock in terms of their acquisition strategy. And, you know, they've, they've significantly de-emphasized, not aggressively pursued clay 
or alternative brine technologies. And so could you just comment, I guess, uh, I think you've listened to the, that presentation, you, you've looked at the presentation, um, what's true and, and, and less true and kind of what they're saying or you know, your perspective on on their overall strategy and as it pertains to you know the various flow sheets and types of assets and locations, et cetera. This presentation that is basically only uh, describing the routes to hydroxide. So uh, if, if you take a route to carbonate, uh, this slide might look slightly different because uh, then a brine operation is probably preferable it's, as might be preferable if, it's, um, uh, if it offers a high concentration and, uh, and a cheaper routing than uh, via, carbon, uh, via the hard rock. You have to see it, or what they do is they see it through their particular uh, lens. So if you have these uh, large, very large uh, and high-grade resources like the Atacama, that's the highest grade brine, no doubt. They have their own 50% uh, of talisman, which is the highest grade um, hard rock spodumene. And they have on top of this uh, a high grade, uh, or the second highest grade probably uh, so far available in, in Kings Mountain still sitting there. So uh, when you come from this perspective, uh, then I believe it's consistent to say now yeah we, we can we, we can manufacture hydroxide from these um, uh, from these hard rock facilities we have at probably the lowest cost worldwide this is one point the second point is uh, they have acquired uh, Vagina and they also have another I, uh, I think as far as I remember the Salar de Los Angeles uh, so there's another brine asset in, in uh, Argentina which at the moment is uh, not developed um, but these acquisitions or these, rock, these resources will enable this company to grow and um, it, we are the market is still at the very beginning so from this viewpoint they have assets which will enable them to grow for the next 10-15 years. It will cost a lot of money, but there is no other company worldwide who has these ability to grow in these dimensions. And I think this is, um, from the strategic point, a strategy is always long term, that's the right way to do. At the same time, if you own or are able to handle uh, a hard rock conversion from um, so, so from spodumene to hydroxide you are able in a relatively and and the the mine is developed already and you only need to expand the mine operation then time to market plays a role and i think what's uh, what people forget is that demands are rising or will rise very fast uh, up to 2025 and then beyond and you have to fill this gap and the point they have been making in between the lines uh, they didn't ex uh, say explicitly is that all these other uh, 
technologies like alkaline leaching, what you see on this slide, you mentioned this slide 9 of their presentation, this solvent extraction, metal organic membranes, membrane electrolysis and so on, that those are development products uh, or development routes which need time and money to develop. And you don't have the time, so the incumbents basically and as well as the Chinese converters will have to fill the gap uh, to, to satisfy the market demand. And even with the existing processes and, and resources, this will be a challenge because still you need to build a plant, you need to ramp it up and, and this takes for an incumbent four to five years. And we have seen this as at um, Kuinana Tianchi, this is uh, at the moment not operational and uh, will take time to ramp up, probably two, two years or three years, because the people have not uh, no experience over there. So from this perspective, I think when you go through these um, through these uh, sheets, you can understand that there is a focus on these uh, on these hard rock things because they will also be able to create to, to, to create a cash flow and Albemarle, SQM or the incumbents what they do is basically they have to finance the expansion through their cash flow, free cash flow and if they don't have it they reduce expansion or they cut investments and that's what they actually do and all the others uh, the, independent, the junior miners or, or new projects basically um, have to rely on capital markets and, and don't get the funding. So they are delayed and this takes time. So they won't be, a, a, they won't be able to feed the market or, or supply the market when, um, when material is needed. Simply as, as, as very simple as that. Huh? Well, yes, presented this slide in the case of lithium hydroxide, and they put up and made the, this whole argument on going to hydroxide, because that's where Tesla is largely going to, and it's largely where Western OEMs are going, which is high nickel cathode applications. So if you're talking about the Tesla Semi, the Cybertruck, those are massive nickel intense, require hydroxide. They had this slide which showed those products on the right side and then they had the medium grade, but th those are for like the Model S and the Model X and the Model Y, long range, but also high nickel, also requiring hydroxide. Then in the left-hand camp, they had basically LFP-focused, you know, cathode products, which are like the Model 3 short range in China and um, you know energy storage applications, but so when they talk about hydroxide, they talk about you know premium range, premium priced products for the most part, you know to Western markets. So it, my observation is, you know that there's some argument that you know the market will be balanced between hydroxide and carbonate over time, and carbonate's not going away, and I and and I get that, and I understand that. And I get that there's a role for LFP, you know, lower range applications. Not everybody needs, you know, you know, super high range and, and it, it's more cost effective. But when I think of that argument for carbonate, I think about 
mostly China, mostly cheaper cost. Livent calls carbonate a base lithium compound, and they consider hydroxide a performance lithium compound, meaning, you know, carbonate more commodity, hydroxide more specialty, specialty more premium priced, you know, and for Western markets. And that's where Albemarle is really gearing their business, that they've focused on, that's why they bought Wajina, that's why they're aggressively expanding spodumene to hydroxide a lot more than they are their carbonate expansion in Atacama. So is that analysis overall uh, fair, what I just described? Um, now, even, I would disagree with one point. So even in, uh, in an LFP, or if, if you do a, a carbonate-based uh, cathodes for EV applications, you need a higher quality standard than is the case for the technical applications. Uh, simply because the material has what we say in legal terms, fit for to be fit for purpose, and um, which is it's a term uh, which makes uh, or which yeah requires certain quality procedures in order to to to, to achieve this. Um, with the hydroxide expansion, uh, yes, I agree. From today's viewpoint, uh, it seems so that everything is going to 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 need or to to convert hydroxide and. If you, if you have these resources Albemarle has, then it is, of course, uh, feasible to, or cheaper probably, to, to convert hard rock spodumene um, uh, to, to hydroxide than via going via carbonate. That's natural. Okay. So there, there is no addition to that. And I'm not questioning at all that, like, a carbonate battery or an LFP battery going into a Model 3 short range in China is going to be a more stringent carbonate needed than one that might go into a laptop or a phone or some other application. I have no doubt about that. And, and you could see in SQM's pricing, you know, they have who's as low as 3300 you know, last month, but like in, in the 4000s, but they're also selling product kind of in the 8,000s, but um, it's still more a China-focused market. And within China, uh, in general, you know, they, they're operating on more short-term rather than long-term contracts. They're generally operating on lower margins. And ultimately, those still are cheaper cars, cheaper applications. If you look at the most popular car in China, Chinese manufacturer, four or $5,000 car, that's LFP, there, there's immense price sensitivity. Um, there's always going to be a greater price sensitivity into even the, the, the highest quality carbonate, right? So my sense is that the margins for carbonate are, are because, for all of these reasons, it's going into cheaper applications and it's targeting the China market, that that product's going to be more commoditized, more lower margin, more price sensitive, whereas long-term contracts that Albemarle is pursuing with, um, with Tesla, with Volkswagen, and similarly, Ganfeng is, is getting big contracts with VW and BMW for you know, hydroxide. The prices of hydroxide 
of all, you know, of battery quality hydroxide are, are going to trade it at, at a significant premium to even the highest price, you know, China battery grade carbonate, you know, above and beyond just the conversion cost, which is often like, oh, there may be a hydroxide premium and maybe 1,000, 2,000. We're thinking that there could be a wider gap in price between these two uh, for a longer period of time because of the markets that they serve and, and the, the price of the products, you know, more premium product. Do you agree with that logic? It depends a bit on the, on the overall market situation. So if the markets get short or tight, uh, then Chinese converters will scramble to get carbonate in order to convert it to hydroxide. This is what, what they can do. And at that time, then also it will have, uh, it, it will create a tightness on carbonate. And what we have seen in the past, the carbonate prices will increase. So uh, overall, uh, the, the, the future could look like that you have these more stable long-term pricing agreements, contracts, uh, which are uh, fixed on, 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 on volumes per, I don't know, per year over five or eight years or whatsoever, and with a certain uh, adjustment to, to, to actual market prices, but uh, moving in a relatively tight range. Whilst the carbonate uh, from time to time, when it goes up and down, can create substantial margins because uh, it's, it's subject to spot market uh, pricing impacts. And uh, that's what we have seen maybe two years or three years ago when, when prices peaked uh, so high that uh, this could happen in the future again. This is not sustainable. So it's, it's not, uh, in my opinion, it's, it's a good way or it's, it's being in the market at that time and having the, the capacity then to supply these spot markets will create a lot of profits. But uh, you have higher fluctuations in your, in your, in your P&L over the years and uh, or even over the quarters. So whether this is, uh, whether yeah, this is uh, it's going to be honored or liked shareholders is another question so uh, the question is what kind of strategy are you going to 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 follow uh, in my opinion then these longer term uh, things on, on long-term contracts is, is more so yeah from this viewpoint it's easier to handle your 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 cash flows and, and, and investments if you're a Western OEM if you're Tesla your VW you, you don't want variable pricing every year right uh, up and down right okay so th that so the hydroxide market it lends itself to these longer term contracts but do you see let's say tesla model 3 short range in china i don't think they want you know long term variability in carbonate battery quality is the carbonate market in china always just going to be this super volatile or will there be long-term contracts you know in china as well you know maybe for western oems the, the chinese companies don't seem to want to operate in, in, in you know in that in that way what do you think about that for carbonate long-term pricing you know in china i think so far we haven't seen any any direct involvement of oems so the market today is between the lithium producer and the cathode producer. 
and the cathode produces a sandwich. So that's why you have this uh, short-term uh, agreements on and spot market uh, arrangements. Um, and the, the current situation is that, for example, in, in Korea or in, in particular in Japan, uh, cathode producers or people like Panasonic, Sumitomo are more geared on, on long-term, on longer-term uh, safe supply agreements. So, uh, if or the moment uh, OEMs is are will ask for longer-term commitments on on the on the cathode side as well as on the lithium side, then uh, probably you get uh, a, a different a different. Um, First of all, you will get a different price level because at the current one nobody will agree to this. And uh, second, um, you may then get a rethinking of, of, the, of, the, uh, of the whole market situation. Uh, so far, Chinese have been relying on the... This is a little bit, little bit of history. So Chinese uh, converters and, and lithium producers were supplying the 3C routes mainly. Yeah, and uh, you get a, as a cathode producer, you get a contract from uh, uh, a battery manufacturer like LG or Samsung or Chinese uh, ATL, whatsoever, and maybe for three months. And uh, or if you are lucky, maybe six months. But um, then, the because of the the uh, volatility of the consumer markets. And uh, change in batteries and and, and uh, changes in cathodes and everything. So that's one reason these guys were were relying on short term, in my opinion, on short term uh, or spot market prices, uh, because if if they would agree to a, to a longer term contract and would be hit or fixed in, in into a, a, a higher. Uh, Pricing level in the consumer industry, you are you are uncompetitive. You are out of the business immediately with the margin they have. These guys only have three percent, so right. Yeah, so I think there there are two. This is kind of two separate markets. Once OEMs get in with the demand on on a stable pricing, you will see higher prices. Have to because the the current level is not sustainable. And second, you may equalize it, and this can or might happen in China as well. Looking at this slide again, and just focusing on the spodumene side, and you're looking at the very top end in the dark blue, from a concentration point of view, it's all the same, mining, crushing, flotation, then calcination. Then after the calcination, Albemarle is saying, you know, they go sulfuric acid leaching, purification by precipitation and ion exchange, and then crystallization with caustic is, that's the best way in terms of yield, cost, capital, energy, and fresh water. On the bottom of that spodumene chart, which they call concept, is alkaline leaching and crystallization with caustic. And having done some research of Tesla talking about a sulfate-free process, uh, what I found was that uh, Odutech, you know, a company that a couple of companies like Caliber and I think Critical Elements are using. Um, I've looked at their studies. They call themselves sulfate-free and they say they're using alkaline leaching. So is this genuinely concept, right? Or this seems to be more advanced than concept. And then that's question number one. Then question number two, where Albemarle is saying minus minus on you know yield, 
you know, minus on cost, minus, minus on capital and minus, minus on energy and fresh water. It makes it look like, you know, why in the world would anybody, why would Tesla do this if the other, you know, what Albemarle is using is so much better? So are they right? Like Tesla must be the sulfate free aspect of it. You know, this Odutech process or this alkaline leaching must have some, some benefits. Otherwise, you know, why wouldn't Tesla just be, you know, doing the sulfuric acid leaching? I think you have two different angles of viewing it, as, as usual. So, Albemarle has this sulfuric acid leaching process available, and they, the only thing they need to do, very basically, is paste and copy. So that's safe, in, in, yeah, in, in parentheses. So, uh, and if you have uh, to be in the market at a certain time, so in order to reduce timelines, for them, that's the way to go because they know how it works. They can uh, they can easily plan it, and uh, still they will have ramp up issues when when they do Quinana, for example. So from their viewpoint, it's all plus. If you are a newcomer, you could rely on these paste and copy things, but you would have to hire uh, people who who are familiar with this process. So as a junior, like uh, be it uh, Tesla or maybe Critical Elements, I think are also uh, uh, looking at, at the Autotech process, uh, they have a different uh, starting point. And for them, if they can make it work, then you won't see uh, all these minuses there. But uh, then this process has even some advantage that you can also make uh, instead of hydroxide carbonate with it. So it, it depends a bit on, on, on where you start from. So I would not necessarily agree that, that the, the OPEX is, is then higher. Uh, so capital may be, but uh, overall this is a, a, a plausible uh, alternative. The, the only thing is, it's from the, from the outside, when, when, when I look at it and, and talk to, for example, customers, who are users, uh, this has not been done yet on a very large scale. So you need to have some time buffer, uh, uh, not, not to, to put it on a timeline too, too narrow because you have to, to get used to this and, and try to get ramp it up. But uh, I think this is a plausible alternative. If it was such a slam dunk to use sulfuric acid, purification by precipitation, and then crystallization with caustic, which is a familiar proven process, why wouldn't Tesla use that unless there were some positive either cost or sustainability attributes that are preferred, right? There must be a reason. Like Albemarle's arguing that this alkaline leaching, they said it in that presentation, um, it's a less aggressive reagent compared to sulfuric acid, right? In terms of unlocking the lithium ions from the rock, right? You know, um, if you use a lesser reagent, you know, it, it comes with, you know, additional you know, energy requirements or heating requirements or fresh water requirements, which is why I think that these, um, th they're labeling these as minuses, but you're saying that there are potential positives, um, you know, if this process uh, you know, if they go this route and then they scale that route, because clearly Tesla is, you know, planning, I think, a 15,000 ton initial project, but they're planning to expand that aggressively 
and they're not using Albemarle's technology in this regard. They're using a sulfate-free process, which seems to be this Odutech process. And there must be a reason for that. Now, yeah, it's an elegant process to stipulate from the very beginning that it won't work, uh, I think is not correct. And Tesla has the means, the financial means to, to execute this. So from this viewpoint, uh, I think it's, it's probably an alternative to do. And uh, maybe the, for them it's then easier to handle the byproducts. So once, when you handle a sulfuric acid, uh, you, you end up with sodium sulfate, which somewhere you, has, you have to sell it again or, or dump it or something like this. Yeah? So uh, it, it's, you have to see the, 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 also the, the context. So um, I think when you, when you do a major uh, handling in, in of, of those processes in China, where you have plenty of sulfuric acid with a paste and copy and you are quick to the market, and, and you need speed, then you don't go for experiments. It adds some risk, and uh, what what a listed company which uh, is, has to pay dividends and, and is, is basically investing a billion dollars a year into this business has to do is uh, they have to, to to get projects online in order to make uh, enough cash to, to to continue their expansion. And Tesla, which is not paying a dividend, but it's a growth-focused company with a long-term vision to enhance the sustainability of man, is is not saying, let's just do things historically like they've always been done, but going back to first principles or figuring out a way that could be more sustainable and this sulfate-free process um, seems to be more sustainable, right? And for a similar, you know, cost, right? CapEx and OpEx, Still to be seen, they're not in the lithium hydroxide business. They're going to learn like everybody else. They're going to have to recruit smart people from Albemarle and Livent, I imagine, where they're going to pick off some people to go to Texas, um, you know, to, to, to help with, with this plan. But this plan seems to be much more considered and advanced in their thinking than I think their clay uh uh, you know, salt plus water, you know, and mud, you know, and clay, you, you know, and, and you get lithium, right? That, that's, that's something they've talked about, but this is something that they're actually on hard rock, you know, implementing. Um, could we talk about, let's talk, let's go to the clay aspect of it then, right? So um, you may not be an expert in, in this so much, but as I'm looking at, you know, and I've, we've done a video on this, you know, Clay, they're basically saying mining and crushing and milling. You know, it might be actually slightly lower cost than hard rock because it's a softer clay. But then they, on the flow sheets here, they say you either go the sulfate roasting process, you know, or you go to a sulfuric acid leaching, you know, or though you go to an other route, you know, to obtain a brine. So as I was looking at those three, sulfuric, I'm sorry, sulfate roasting, which is, more like a hard rock process, that seems to be what Bacanora is using. They're saying that that's, you know, I guess the most advanced, it's not concept or pilot. Then they show sulfuric acid leaching and they label that as pilot. You know, that's Lithium Americas is doing sulfuric acid leaching at Thacker Pass. So they consider that pilot. And then the third route is other routes to obtain a brine, you know, and then begin the concentration. And then all the way to the right, they say, development required, right? You know, it's not even minuses. It's like development required. 
So this is kind of what Tesla was saying. They're not, they said it's an acid-free process. You know, so it's water plus salt. So I think that's what they're talking about in concept, you know, and in major development required. I guess, do you agree with that? Or, or what do you know about, I guess, Bacanora, Lithium Americas, and, you know, this other uh, idea that uh, Tesla's put out there? I'm not a process engineer, but um, I think for, for all clays, it's kind of, uh, yeah, still development stage. It has never been done on a, on a very large scale. So be it Bacanora, be it Lithium Americas, um, uh, you have to treat these clays uh, uh, somehow that, uh, in, in a way that you are able to, 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 to leach out the lithium. From the mining perspective, it's cheap, but from the processing perspective, uh, it's, it's um, at least the, the in, uh, our engineers or chemists in, in, in Rockwood Lithium consider this always, um, they consider it doable, but um, with uh, not easy, difficult. So we would have preferred like Albemarle to go for, for spodumene or hard rock or, or wood brine. Your comments are very interesting because, you know, I worked for Western Lithium and what was now Thacker Pass was called Kings Valley and from 2009, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, right? And they were approaching Rockwood, right? You know, and, and other uh, groups to potentially strategic partner. So clearly Rockwood has thought about clays as an opportunity. Like when they had an opportunity to, to buy Wajina, right, or buy Lithium Americas in Nevada, right, they, they went to Wajina, right, so that was an informed view based on, you know, work that they had done internally, but could you give us some insight into that internal Rockwood Albemarle, you know, work, because they, they emphasize that they're like Tesla, like if you have a new battery, you're going to go to Tesla to kind of test it out. If you have a new lithium deposit, um, they have lots of R&D. They have Department of Energy grants. They're working on some uh, electrodialysis. They, they actually gave a nod to kind of Namaska saying that, you know, that could potentially, you know, not Namaska's process, but electrodialysis could be potentially disruptive. But when they were talking about their smack over brines, they have bromine. They're, they're, like what Langsus is doing with standard lithium, there's no reason that Albemarle can't do that, but they're choosing not to because it's more challenged right? You know, it, it, it's more complicated. So they, they're choosing not to do clay, but like how much work from your experience at Rockwood have they really done on that R&D to kind of draw that conclusion? I mean, at that time when we had to decide uh, what to acquire, uh, there were less projects available than there are today. So this was basically done uh, maybe five, six, seven years ago. And at that time, the decision was, if we buy something, then it has to be the best. It was green bushes, no, no doubt about that. Uh, because they were established, uh, they had the highest concentration, they knew how to run the mine uh, and to make sure that you have a consistent output, which is important for the, for the yields, as Albemarle also said, uh, on, on your production. So there was, this was target number one and all the others were nice to have but not really to focus on and um, 
we also looked in, into into thermal brines, uh, like in in, uh, in California, like I don't know, former symbol and and whatever is available there. But there are all, all there, there are a lot of negative or, or challenges in, in into these technologies, and we said, look, we 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 have a a business which can create that much of of cash, and uh, we have to expand based on. On, on the internal uh, available free cash flow. And we are not a Tesla, we can't go to the, and, and our shareholders won't, uh, it's not like Tesla shareholders who value a company, okay, future growth, but as Albemarle you have to pay, or as Rockwood you had to pay dividends, you had to, uh, a lot of other restrictions, which simply deny you the possibilities uh, a company like Tesla has. And then you have to focus on, on things which you can really execute fast. Or relatively fast, yeah. So faster than other uh, other projects, which which um, uh, which have inherent higher risks. Uh, this does not mean that that we hadn't looked at this. Uh, so we still think today that uh, this Czech project uh, among, in Europe, the only feasible, in my opinion, the, the really feasible or sizable uh, project to to pursue is Sinovac, but. Uh, if we go to other projects, for example, we did uh, or started in, in uh, early 2013-14, we, we, we set up a membrane electrolysis for the recycling purposes of, uh, of lithium battery, lithium coming out of lithium battery recycling. Um, but these processes to do take time. So I think we gave ourselves, the, the plant itself, 850 tons capacity was paid or subsidized by the German government, but we, dis we, we considered that we need about 10 years to, to bring it really, uh, to make it really workable. And you can't then, um, and, and knowing this, that those technologies simply take time, uh, you have to, to, to see what, what, what your options are, and uh, that's why, uh, for example, SQM should focus and get uh, finally their, their expansions in Atacama done and yeah, Liven can't grow at all because they have no money to, to acquire new assets and they can grow a little bit in, in Argentina. So uh, if you want to, to, to be number one and to stay number one, then uh, the, 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 the best thing to do is get after the resources which are uh, high in concentration, relatively low in impurities, and rely on processes which are proven, because these are the ones who bring you, uh, who bring your capacity into market in time.